0: I've actually documented farms literally all over the world. The things that I've seen with animals, I wouldn't put my worst enemies through 10% of what I've seen these animals, you know, their conditions. And we're talking free range, we're talking bio, organic, all that nonsense. I've been in these places too. I want to be as far away from that as possible with the things I buy. That's why I'm vegan. I started to feel less and less welcome as a straight, white, cis man, as I was constantly being reminded. They'll say, if you don't fight for black rights, you're a bad person. They call them single-issue vegans, they, they, it's an insult. I'm focusing on the what I'm most passionate about, and that's animal rights. They want everyone to eat bugs, why? Well, we've got enough like plant-based foods, Like we don't need bugs. These people, whenever they meet up, they're, they're not eating vegan. They could not be further from veganism if they tried. They do not talk about animal rights. They don't talk about everything I spoke about, what animals go through and and, and the ethical reasons to not do this to them. They're pissing on our backs and telling us it's raining.
1: Welcome to the Staying Free podcast. In this episode, I spoke with David Rams, David is a YouTuber and popular animal rights activist. I first got connected with David when he reached out to me after he saw me on Lauren Southern's YouTube channel where I was talking about veganism to her audience and trying to advocate for veganism from a libertarian perspective. David did a response video and after that he invited me to come on his YouTube channel to talk about my philosophy and the overlaps that I see between libertarianism and veganism. David really is someone who is actually on the ground doing things. He's going out there, he's documenting what's going on in farms and slaughterhouses, and putting himself into some pretty uncomfortable places in order to spread his message. We went into a bunch of different areas on this one, so we talk a little bit about vegan philosophy itself, but we also discuss wokeism and in particular how David has found himself at the centre of the culture war. We also discuss the WEF and address the question about whether veganism is part of the globalist agenda. If you enjoy this episode, please give it a like and give it a share on social media. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, give it a five-star rating on whichever podcast app you're using. If you're new here, welcome. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for future episodes. If you want to support the podcast, that can be done in two ways. You can do that via Bitcoin tips and you can also buy me a coffee. Links to those are in the description. Tips are hugely appreciated and they will go directly towards the cost of running the show. Thanks to everyone who's supported the show so far by either donating or just by being a listener. I really hope these conversations are adding value, and I hope you'll keep an open mind for this one, especially as we cover some different territory. All right, on to the episode. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Cheers. Thanks for having me. I didn't realize you we were starting to start again. It. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to do like no, no. some intro. Let, let, <laughs> that,
1: that, was, that was the intro.
0: Okay, <laughs> that, the, the, this is, that,
1: that's the short intro. So yeah, uh, David, David Rams, um, just for, for my, for my listeners to, to introduce into who mm. you are. I came on your podcast actually initially because you'd seen me on, um, Lauren Southern's, uh, show, right. You mm, saw a video yeah. of me, me on there. Uh, which kind of went pretty big and then you did a bit of a follow-up and then and then we had a conversation on your podcast so yeah it's kind of like we have bounced around a bit I guess you know like me yeah, going yeah. on hers me going on yours and now you're on mine so um yeah welcome man
0: no cheers cheers for giving me the opportunity I know your audience is is uh has probably never heard had, you've had, never had a vegan guest on so I know it's like not quite your core thing so I'm excited to see what how people react to it yeah
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, like I said on yours, you know, like my, my podcast, like, you know, my listeners probably know by now that I am vegan, but it's not something that I've kind of discussed too much, too much at depth. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not a vegan pod. So it'll be interesting to have like a, you know, a bit of a different discussion. And also one of the reasons why I thought you would be good for it, um, is because, you know, when we were talking on yours that you mentioned that you'd kind of had your own wars with like the woke brigade and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of people, they have this view initially when they come across vegans and they don't know too much about it, et cetera. They put it in this um, box along with a lot of other kind of like woke stuff. You know, they think that mm-hmm. all the vegans, you know, they're into kind of like all of the, the BLM stuff and the the kind of um, the, the trans agenda or this, that, or the other, like whatever the kind of woke issue of the day is, whatever the kind of identity politics yep. is. They kind of throw it in with identity politics generally. Um, yep. And obviously, as me and you know, you know, we're not really in that, in that crowd at all. And, um, you know, we actually kind of, uh, have, have had our own little, um, I guess, I guess, uh, falling outs with that type of community. Run-ins. So, um, yeah. runnings, runnings. Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the better way, way of putting it. So do you want to, first of all, before we go into your, your kind of battle with the woke brigade, um, do you want to just give a bit <laughs> of an introduction as to yourself? Cause you know, we don't even know each other too well. Yeah. So, there, so there might be something that, that sure. I have to learn anyway at this point.
0: Yeah, of course. Yes. So, my name's David Rams. I have a YouTube channel that's got about, well, just over 25,000 subscribers have been on YouTube now consistently for a couple of years. Uh, and Instagram, just over 30,000. Again, a couple, like, couple of years, I'd say consistently from, you know, Instagram's a bit longer, consistently from like 2018, from 2017, around no, right about the same time, right about the same time. And then now I'm trying to build up Twitter as well. And um, I've not just been doing that actually I've I've also been very active within the kind of animal rights activism world uh, I've done lots of different speeches lots of different activism events um I was a videographer for an animal rights organization which we'll get to later on doing you know investigations and filming basically filming all the horrible stuff that people don't like to see and they try to hide it I've been filming that to expose it and uh that's pretty much me in a nutshell it's pretty much my my whole like life, I suppose, is, is focused in on how to try and create a better world for animals. Um, born and raised vegetarian and then vegan from the age of like 19, um, five years after my mum went vegan, she went vegan before me, which is something you don't hear very often. (laughs) And, um, that's, that's, yeah, I guess that's briefly who I am.
1: Okay, cool. So, so you're, you're a lifelong, um, vegetarian, but you've been vegan for, did you say it was the past, how how many years you've been vegan?
0: since 19 since since the age of 19 oh, okay like oh since 18, the age 19, of 19
1: something. yeah okay okay so so yeah i mean you are kind of you know certainly according to my standards kind of a bit of an og in this game so you've never <laughs> you've never eaten meat your entire bit. life
0: um but first of all I'm, I'm i'm turning 34 so by the way so 19 30, it's, about, it's about i don't what's the quick math on that how many years has it been <laughs> uh 15? 15 15 there you go about 15 yeah, yeah. um but, um, never eaten meat. Yeah. So, well, I, I ate it once when I was in school because, uh, you know, peer pressure, you know how it is. Um, it was like, it was like my, uh, peer pressure drugs experience, but it was a hot dog. So, <laughs> <basically>. <laughs> um, so yeah, I <laughs> regret a regrettable experience, but I immediately, it was, it was kind of like, you know, peer pressure high school. I immediately regretted it and then never did it. I never did it on purpose ever again. There's been mistakes, obviously, as a kid. And then even as an adult, there was one mistake because the restaurant just put put meat on my dish and then I didn't realize until I'd already taken a bite of it. But it's, it, you know, obviously it sickens me, but it's not like um, I'm not some kind of purist. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kind of like now, like, oh my God, I need to realign my chakras. Now, it's, this is not, it's like, oh my God, I just ate that. I don't want to eat that. I don't believe that this is a good thing. Um, I'm, I feel bad about, you know, putting that dead animal in my mouth, but I'm over it quite quickly. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's shit, but it happens. So yeah, that's my that that's the only experiences I've had with meat.
1: <laughs> okay, so I, I'm interested to know, like, because you know when you're when you're a kid and you're growing up and you're being raised, you know, as a vegetarian. Really, when you're being mm. raised as anything. Um, normally you have a tendency to kind of rebel against that. You know, I kind of think that if you're, you know, it's like if you're raised and your your parents tell you, okay, like never smoke, like your instinct is okay. Mm. Now I want to smoke. It's like, it's like a a thing you want to rebel against. Right. Um, did you ever have that as a kid? Did you ever kind of, did you feel there was a resistance there? Like, you know, my parents raised me in this way, but did you feel that those morals were your own or did you feel that those morals were kind of being, I guess, like absorbed by your parents?
0: See, that's a great question because I just said that I'm not a purist. And what I meant to, what I meant by that is that it's, I don't treat this as like some kind of religion that I broke the rules of. That's what I mean when I say I'm not a purist. But the reason I'm so bothered about eating meat and the reason that I actually didn't rebel against my mum is because of my mum being so transparent from day one about why we didn't eat meat. So the second I tried to rebel once, I was quite young. All my mates were getting happy meals. And I was like, why can't I have a happy meal? I want to eat a McDonald's Happy Meal, which is obviously vegan or not vegan. You know, that's, a, that's a pretty stupid thing to want, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, it's, it's not good for anyone. But um, my mom was like, right, okay. I knew this day was going to come. So you, you want to eat meat? Yeah, I want to eat meat. All right, let's watch a video. She whipped out the PETA VHS videotape, popped it in the machine, and was like, watch that. And I watched it, and I saw, I saw slaughterhouse footage. I saw... Uh, a chicken line where they were they, they were hanging the chickens up and then they were all their beaks were getting cut off um, that's what they do to them before they put them in the farms um when they're when they're basically when they because they're all confined and you know close together so they can't peck each other and hurt each other they, they cut the beaks off and I saw that I was like that's pretty horrible and then the throat slitting and lo- I honestly it was such a long time ago I can't remember everything but we finished it and then she was like okay so how about that happy meal? And I was like, nah, you're all right. <laughs> I don't so, think I want the, so I, the meat.
1: <laughs> okay. So I want to, I want to, like we said before the conversation, I want to somewhat play yeah. play devil's advocate here, given that my, yeah. my podcast, you know, isn't a vegan podcast. Some people would say, oh, well, you know, that's you're, you're proper, you're kind of propagandizing your kid, right? You're giving them kind of shock tactics or whatever. That's not something mm. a, kid, a kid should see. So, you know, presumably you've been asked this before. So how, how would you respond to that? Right.
0: I mean, if if the production of your food could be considered a shock tactic, you really want to consider whether or not you should be eating that food, right? I mean, <laughs> it's just production. There's not nothing she showed me was illegal. But this was all completely legal, standard practice um, at the t- at the time. I guess European standard. Uh, nowadays, it would be obviously UK is not in the EU, but um, yeah, that's what it was. There was none of it was illegal. It was just the reality of the situation, and. If I mean, some people would call it propagandizing, but then if that was propagandizing me, then surely somebody being raised a meat eater is also propagandizing them because you tell someone, Hey, meat is good for you, eat meat, animals is okay, they're all fine. Well, that's propagandizing them. So you could equally argue that. But I would argue that my mum was actually taking away the propaganda and saying, Hey, that's the reality. Now, what do you want to do? She didn't tell me this is what you're going to do. She said, right, you've seen it now, so what's your call? What do you want to do and i said well i don't want to is that where it comes from yeah well i don't I don't want to do that. She showed me the reality, yeah, that's what she did,
1: yeah, yeah, and I would say as well, like there's so much in mainstream culture which is propaganda anyway, not just general general normalization but even even specifically i mean there's a place um there's a place near where I live in Mexico, like near the airport it's called uh Poyo feliz and it's like happy chicken you know basically is what it's called and this place is you know just it's like a fried chicken kind of place and even the fact that you call it happy chicken i mean you you could easily (laughs) just walk past that every day and think well there's there's nothing to it of course these chickens are happy but you know if you were to actually Mm. look is that a happy chicken you know i mean it's um Like we normalize the idea, you know, when you look at packaging and stuff, you look at, you see a little kind of like barnyard animal running around or running around in a field or something. And that's not realistically where stuff comes from. I mean, everything is ultimately false advertising. And I think Mm. that, that, you know, you could say, okay, well, there is an age at which maybe you go below that. you say, okay, I don't want to show my kid. this, just like, you don't want to show your kid violence or whatever. You don't want to show your kid anything necessarily, you know, really distressing, but also, mm. if if your child is at that age where they're ready to make a decision on their own, it's fair to give them the truth, right? It's fair to give them the truth right. about where their where the food has come from.
0: For sure. If your kid wants to do something that clearly is going to cause someone else to be either put through a lot of pain and abuse and or killed, you should you should do everything in your power to encourage them to not do that. And if that includes showing them the results of their decision, I mean, they show them the results of their decision. I mean, I, I, it's got to... Kids, kids. I believe in protecting kids. Of course, I don't think it's it's good to put them through like you know anything that's going to damage them for life. But I think they definitely are more mature than we let than we than we assume they are, and they can handle some things. Um, it's for it's for obviously for each parent to determine that, I suppose, with their own kid. But I think my mom made the right decision. I think at the time I must have been maybe God. I want to say nine or ten. Which is, it's okay. still very yeah. young, I know, but it's old enough to understand quite a lot, and especially to sure. make a connection between animals and meat. I feel like that was, a, it was a, the, the right time to expose me to the reality. I was, start, I was pushing back really hard, you know. Nine, ten-year-olds can yeah. be little assholes when they want to kick off about something, right? So I must have been kicking off pretty hard for it to be like, well, okay, let's watch this then, you know. I think she made a yeah, good decision. Yeah. Huh?
1: So just. Um- zooming out a little bit into the kind of wider philosophy when someone asks you that question which is mm. is often asked just like why are you vegan right like you know mm. kind of like you know no, normally we we're, we're expected to kind of justify it what's your right. what's your answer to that question
0: why am i vegan um yeah i mean god i suppose i suppose i can give you for your listeners the most valuable thing i can give them is to say that I, I, a lot of your listeners i would assume are, are the kind of Truther kind of freedom fighter kind of people, and uh, these types of people tend to criticize people like me for being like city slicker. You don't know what you're talking about. Never been on a farm. You don't know the countryside. You don't know how to take care of yourself. That that's kind. of... So let me just just get rid of all of that right away and tell tell them that. The first time I heard all this stuff, I kind of agreed. I was like, well, do you know what? Maybe I don't have the experience myself. I'm I I'm, I can only share right now what I've seen other people um film and what they've seen. So I changed that. I sit here today as someone who's probably been in more farms than f- most farmers. Do you understand? Most farmers only be on one farm their whole life. I've been on farms literally all over the world, um, both being invited in to look around and also letting myself in because farm farmers tend to leave this stuff open for some reason. So I, I've actually documented you know, a wide range of, of different types of farms in different places, different sizes. And I can tell you that that's why I'm vegan. (laughs) as simple as that. I mean, the things that I've seen with animals, I wouldn't put my worst enemies through 10% of what I've seen these animals, you know, their conditions. And we're talking free range. We're talking bio, organic, all that nonsense. I've been in these places too. Um, they're, They're riddled with dead, dying, sick, bone broken animals that are so many of them in one place. If it's birds, thousands of them in one big barn, if it's free range or in cages, if it's not free range, pecking each other, cannibalizing each other, just dead dead ones that are all over. Because there's so many of them. Some of them die from the, it can be, could be heat exhaustion, could be disease, could just be, I don't, I don't eat, you know, various different reasons they could be dying. When it comes to the bigger animals like the pigs, it's just as bad, but they're pigs, so there's less of them sometimes. But then I've been in some of these places where there have been, like you know, two thousand pigs um, spread out in, in in a not so big place. And and again, you see dead and dying piglets. You see wounds and all the the shit, the feces, the urine they have to live in, sleep in the the mother pigs. They the sows they 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 get put in these like cages, farrowing crates, they're called. So they 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 can stand up or they can lie down but they can't turn they can't move they hold them there like that because the piglets feed from them so that they just keep them in these things and yeah and then with the cows the the beef industry um, it's a little bit different for cows it's not quite as intensive that I've seen I've not seen that quite as intensive in in Europe and UK and um, but in places like the States and Australia uh, it is as intensive as well Uh, and yeah, uh, also in slaughterhouses too, not just farms, been in slaughterhouses too. So the entire process for all, both for, for large animals and also for sm- smaller animals. And after seeing all of this firsthand, I know how it works. I've been there. I've smelt the smells of, uh, you know, been covered in shit, covered in piss, covered in blood, uh, I'm filming this stuff. And it, it's, I could not want to eat anything or use anything from that industry I could not want to use any of that any less than I do after seeing it all. If you understand what I mean, like it, it's, it's, I want to be as far away from that as possible with the things I buy. That's why I'm vegan.
1: Right. Okay. And, you know, for people who would say, oh, well, you know, like all of that's bad and all of this kind of like battery farms and and these kind of things, it like mm. intensive kind of animal agriculture is evil. Cause I find that, I find that most people agree with that when you, you know, even if they don't necessarily apply it in their actions, most people Mm. say, oh, well, you know, I only buy grass fed um, beef or whatever, or some kind of locally raised, you know, why, why is that, um, why is that also wrong?
0: Well, I've just actually, the last slaughterhouse I was filming in, we were able to go in and film, um, they invited us in. This was a bio-organic, they call themselves an eco-slaughterhouse, which is the first, never heard of an eco-slaughterhouse before. That's how they titled <laughs> themselves, which is why we asked them, can we come and film? This sounds <laughs> okay. this sounds amazing. They were like, of course you can come and film. We're an eco-slaughterhouse. We're nothing, we're nothing to be embarrassed about. We're, we're great. So they kill uh, weekly and they only kill um 50 i believe 50 animals a week 50 cows a week and these cows come from these farms you just mentioned these like local bio blah 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 and there's no argument yet these cows most likely have a better existence than the other cows in these other farms and they most likely have a relatively decent life before they get to this place where i'm filming where now and i've got it on film by the way this will be released at some point uh they're terrified uh, they they're all literally just huddled up in a corner terrified quite young as well they kept, these were from the dairy industry these ones they were males from the dairy industry so from like a bio eco dairy farm whatever and they're terrified they're screaming uh, they're going in one by one and then so the cow goes in gets prodded in with a sometimes with the electric prods they had them but just slapping them or whatever to get them in if they if they didn't need the electric thing yet and they go in this big metal thing guy leans over with the gun shoots them straight in the head. And then within, within about a minute, they're hooked up to a thing upside down and the guy's chopping the cow's head off. That's a, that's a baby, by the way, they're quite big because cows grow quickly, but they're babies, right? So that's eco, that's bio organic. That's this small farm stuff, right? No matter how you dress it up, what life they had before, that is an animal that, had a, like was having a good life. That they didn't know this was coming. They were living nice, and at this point, probably living a pretty good life. The next thing, they're getting shot in the head, and then they're having their head chopped off. I I don't think it really makes that much of a difference what happens before that point. Like that that ending happens for all of them, whatever whether they came from a factory farm or this bio or eco blah blah blah. It doesn't make a difference really in the end, does it? You're still going to get shot in the head and you are gonna have your head chopped off because somebody wants a burger. So I, it really, it's not, it's not a good argument really to, to say, well, what about this? Plus, plus, just one more thing before we move on. It, it, even if somebody believes that's better after what I've just said, which honestly, if you think that's good, um, I don't know what to tell you, but that isn't even sustainable anyway. I don't mean environmentally. I mean, as in the entire world and all the meat consumption can't survive with these eco, eco, organic, blah, blah, blah farms. They're, they're these big industrial things are necessary to feed everybody if everybody keeps eating meat. So. It's not, it's, it's not feasible anyway, even if you thought that was better, which again, as I said, if you think that's good, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that, that's something, you know, obviously taking aside the, the kind of ethical aspect of it, that is something that I'm keen to kind of learn more about because I speak quite regularly with people who, you know, they, they are, you know, they know their local farm or, or they claim to, you know, you never really know. Cause I find that everyone hmm. Everyone suddenly seems to become, you know, a local, you know, uh, <laughs> of cows or whatever when you talk to them on the internet, but actually I've never really yeah. met one in real life. So, but no, anyway, no, no. I'm having these conversations with people and they say, oh, well, you know, I have this, like this local farmer and it's all grass fed and blah, blah, blah. And when I say, well, you know, everyone, everyone can't do that, even if that was, you know, ethically justified, which mm. I think there's another question about that anyway, um, right. you know, which perhaps we'll go into, but even if that was um, like possible, even if that, that's possible for that individual, mm. is that possible for the entire world? Um, like uh, my instinct is, is no, but quite often, you know, I get told, oh, well, you know, it is, it's just that you, you know, you need, you can just like, um, because there's, there's grasslands, etc. that only can be, can be used for, for grazing, uh, you know, mm. a cow or something like that, or a buffalo, yep. whatever it is, but it can't actually be used for anything else. It couldn't be used for, for plant agriculture.
0: Is there any truth mm. to that?
1: Because I haven't really kind of dug too much under the surface into that claim, but, um, I don't right. know if you've encountered that one yourself.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. There's some land that, that they can't grow on. Yeah, of course. And then they, they put, animals on that land instead. Um, That's true. The idea that there's not enough land to grow enough calories from the ground for the human population is ridiculous. Uh, I know some people have claimed it, they've been thoroughly, thoroughly debunked by people using actual proper data and people who can actually do the analyses and not just to be honest with you, carnivore clowns. And I mean that as in carnivore diet clowns. I don't mean people who just eat meat. I mean, there are some people out there, grifters out there who literally just sell supplements and, you know, these different books and stuff like that off the back of hating on vegans and the stuff they come out with like this idea of we couldn't produce enough calories if everybody was vegan is complete nonsense. Because the thing is, when we talk about industrial versus local, organic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. These Organic, eco, blah, blah, blah places might be using just grass fed cows. They might, they might not be, they, they, they may, they, they usually don't, but they may only have like, for example, cows eating only grass for their entire existence before they kill them. Let's, let's, let's not like, before they shoot them in the head and slit their throat, they might have them only eating grass. Okay, fine. Most of them don't. Most of them, they have, they, they call it finishing them and they use grain. And normally, the grain they're using is grain that we eat as well. It's grain that can be human edible, right? Um, I know there's some statistic out there that's been going around claiming that 75% of all the grain or something, 85% of all the grain is not human edible. Uh, That's the number most people quote. They say, yeah, but this, but this thing, the, the grain that's being grown, people can't eat it. If that's true, right? Which I'm pretty sure it isn't, to be honest, I'm pretty sure it's been debunked. But even if we accept that as being true, 85% of the grain grown to feed animals, humans can't eat, right? Well, the rest of it, 15%. Think about this, right? We're we're growing enough grain to feed and kill around 80 to 100 billion animals a year, 80 to 100 billion. Now, like a lot of these animals, pigs and cows, especially are massive. They weigh, way more than people and they eat way more than people. So imagine how much grain are we growing to feed all those animals? And we're only 8 billion. The 15% that is human edible, you're telling me that couldn't feed the world? (laughs) Even if you want to go by those statistics, 15% of human edible grain from from the food that's going to feed up to potentially even more than 100 billion animals is a lot of human edible grain. Right. So even with those stupid numbers, which by the way, I'm pretty sure are wrong, but even if we go by that, it's still a hell of a lot of food that let's be honest, we could feed, we could feed everyone. Most likely we could feed everyone twice with it, to be honest with you. I'm not crunching numbers. I didn't come here today with, you know, the actual, um, um the, like statistics and numbers and the data and the papers, blah, blah, blah. Cause that's, that's not what we're here for, but I could, and I, maybe I will for a video soon, <laughs> but you see what I'm getting at, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I said, you know, this, we, we didn't come here to, to go into all the things I get, I guess what I'm trying to do here, first of all, is just kind of lay a groundwork of the, the ideas and just kind of, mm. I, I guess, set aside a few of those immediate questions that people have, because, yeah. you know, in all honesty, I think that sometimes, you know, as vegans and, you know, I've been vegan for like seven years, you've been vegan for whatever it was like 15 years. Sometimes you, you assume that everyone has had every single one of these questions answered that mm. everyone has heard it, everyone, you know, I still get, I, I had it the other day where someone said, Hey, but you know, we couldn't, you know, if you, if everyone ate plants, then we'd have to eat so much more plants. Right. So like, how could right. we possibly do it? And you know, we think that that's really elementary and we're like, okay, well that's just a really, yeah." You know, sometimes it. it's yeah. easy to dis- dismiss as a stupid question, but I think that some people genuinely haven't heard these. you know, they, they haven't, um, sure they haven't been in the environment to actually listen to it. And that's kind of one of the, it's one of the things I'm going to find interesting about doing this podcast as well, because, mm. you know, I'm, I'm here doing a podcast, which is kind of, you know, theming around veganism to an audience, which, yeah. you know, like it's not a vegan podcast whatsoever. It'll be interesting to see kind of like, uh, you know, how people kind we'll of drop like respond off. to it because yeah, <laughs> well, possi- possibly, but I think that what's important is that actually, like, if you are vegan, you don't necessarily just, you know, for instance, this space, there might be people who never exposed those arguments because they're not in that circle. Right. So maybe it's the first time they're oh, hearing yeah. them. So I think it's that good to just sense. go, go over, a you know, go over a, a few of them, you know, so mm. that people don't think, oh, well, you know, this is, this is nonsense and we can get into some other things. So the, the totally. one more thing, one more thing that I did want to, want to um, bring up with you is, um, oh, it might not be one more thing. <laughs> there might be more, but let's, <laughs> let's just, um, let's just, uh, kind of, um, go into this one for a second.
0: People yeah, would sure. say,
1: well, you know, like these animals, they're going to die anyway, right? They're going to, they're going to die yep. in nature. You are going to have, mm. um, if an animal is in nature, it gets, it gets killed, uh, you know, by a predator or whatever. So if we're mm. bolting it in the head, that's a quick death. So, you know, w- mm. why, why is that wrong to do?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. And it's, a uh, it overlooks a really important Part of all of this that these are not naturally existing animals. These these are not wild cows or wild pigs or wild chickens. They are absolutely nothing like their wild counterparts. These domesticated cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, goats—they are all none of these animals exist in the wild anymore. They've been genetically manipulated for for people to uh, breed and use them, milk them, take the eggs from them, and then kill them when they're done with them, or just straight up breed them to be killed and without the eggs and the milk. And and there's different breeds for different purposes, basically. So the animals we're talking about here, they're not, they, they would never have any experience with a wolf, right? Or they never starve to death in the wild because the only reason they're even here is because some farmer decided I want to make some money. So I'm going to force these animals to breed. I'm going to forcibly breed them. And that might sound a bit weird. Like that sounds like, what is it, some, some vegan nonsense forced breeding? But um, it, it literally is. They, they take a, a cow or a pig, put them in some kind of metal con- contraption so they can't move. And a farmer will come on, come in there, shove one hand up their ass to locate the cervix, lift it, shove another hand, needle, into the vagina and insert them with semen. That's how both pigs and cows get pregnant, right? In the dairy industry, they do it for cows so they can keep, they keep getting them pregnant. So they keep having more calves so that they keep making milk because without the calf, they don't produce milk, right? Like humans, same thing. And with uh, the pigs, they just, they need to keep breeding them. Uh, you know, the same with the meat cows, uh, they keep breeding them, keep breeding them. That's how they get them pregnant. So, yeah, those those animals would never see would never see a wolf. Uh, they would they would never see the rolling hills, the countryside, the forests. The they never see any of that. They, they literally are born in massive barns or cages, and then they they will stay there the whole life, and then they will end in a slaughterhouse. So um, you're not saving them from anything by eating them.
1: Let's change uh, change gears for a second because mm. um, I want to go into this um, idea about kind of wokeism. First of all, whether veganism and wokeism have any similarities. And then I want to go into kind of, you know, your, um, your kind of story with this and you kind of having this running because,
0: you know, this is something
1: that I think, I think, I think there is truth. Um, you know, to be fair, there is truth that, um, veganism is kind of correlated with Mm. kind of woke people. Like there is an overlap there. Like you are generally going to get more people. If you're, if they're vegan, generally going to be a higher number of people that are woke. Right. Um, there is a correlation there, but there's no causation. I don't mm. see any similarity whatsoever with the philosophy. Um, you know, in fact, for me personally, I think that I think that there's an inverse um, kind of um, the philosophies are actually inversely related. I think that people mm. who are vegan and this is something I've talked about on your podcast, which I'll I'll link to it in the in the notes, which is right. that I actually think that libertarianism and veganism have a lot in common, like a lot of shared philosophy. Mm. So, yep. First of all, I guess, tell me why you don't think that... Uh, tell me why, or tell the audience and the listeners why yeah, yeah. veganism is not a part of the woke movement. And then mm. uh, let's let's um, go into a little bit about your, your story with kind of running up against the woke brigade.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, the woke movement, I suppose, I, I don't know how we're referring to it, but there's... there's okay, let's call it... I, I, firstly, I don't think being woke is necessarily always a bad thing i think being a, an ideologue is a bad thing uh th- I, I mean and, and i i actually define woke as basically ideologues when i say woke i don't mean somebody who believes people should have equal rights i mean th- i think I, I agree with that 100 percent. and i don't mean people who say you know it's it, it's wrong that for example you mentioned blm earlier i, I don't i don't I'm not against people standing up against police brutality. I think that's great, stand up against police brutality, but I am against the organization because they are scammers, right? Basically <laughs> right. scam people out of money. So that, that's where I differ. Like it's the, you know, I think most listeners are gonna agree with me when I say, yeah, equal rights is good and getting people who are disadvantaged to, to not be disadvantaged is a good thing. And not treating people like shit because they look different or sounds different or have different preferences. Is a good thing. The, the, this is, you know, this isn't woke in my eyes. That that's not being woke. It's being woke is when y- you take some, some very weird and extreme positions on topics, and like for example, seeing racism where there isn't any, or seeing sexism yeah. where there isn't any, and then you try to go after people for this perceived imaginary sexism you've created in your head. now that that's woke to me. That's that's what I'm against. And veganism, right, gets lumped in with that because they, I don't know, people just seem to think that it's like, okay, blue hair doesn't really wash. And and then they, 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 <laughs> there must be a vegan. Right. And you know, they might, they might be right, but they'd also be very wrong sometimes. Like we get, I mean, I get just as much crap from anti-vegan woke people and vegan woke people as I yeah. do anti-vegans who aren't like that. Like, it, you know, we get it from all angles. So yes, there are a lot of people who are that ilk of that ilk that we just talked about the, the bad kind of woke people that happen to be vegan but there's also loads of them on i mean blm protests right they used real pigs heads severed pigs heads in their protests are you telling me that vegans are associated with that you know come wow. on like, did,
1: did they do that i, I never knew yeah that.
0: yeah 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 wow. they were using wow. it to like call the police pigs That's right wild. Um, what about, oh yeah, another thing woke people do, they throw eggs, they throw eggs at politicians they don't like, right? Uh, right Right-wing politicians, they throw eggs at them. Well, that's not vegan either. You know, we're against using, you know, all the horrors that happen to animals. We're not going to buy eggs and throw them at people. We don't want to fund that. That's, that's not vegan. Right. right, There's loads of examples of it, um, of, um, people on that woke side of things doing things that are completely against, um veganism so yeah it's not i'm not
1: again i'm agreeing i'm not i'm not saying that there is a um like look you know a massive that everyone Mm. who's vegans woke, or that everyone who's woke is vegan but But there's a lot there is a there's there's quite a few right and and i think actually that that is coming apart a bit I, i think that especially now when i think about the the main speakers you know the people who are kind of like leading in the vegan community who are you know, the main, I guess, influencers for lack of a better term. Generally, they're yeah. not woke, actually, you know, no, you've got no, people no. like, no. I was just watching your interview with Joey Carbstrong, you know, least woke guy ever, right? right <laughs> you know, James right. Aspie doesn't <laughs> seem to be woke to me <laughs> yeah. at all, right? Like no, these, no. these people. So, um, so anyway, like, I, I think that there is a contingent, um, but you know, there's, there's no relation there, but let's go into, into your story specifically though, uh, right, that you have right. with the, with the save movement. Cause uh, you've yeah. mentioned it to me, but we haven't really gone into it deliberately because I wanted oh, to, you to share it on the podcast. So, so let's hear it.
0: Well, wow, that's a story. It's it's it's. So, I used to work for an animal rights organization called the Safe Movement or Animal Safe Movement, and I I was working as a videographer for them. Most of my work was in Eastern Europe and India, and India was the bulk of what we did. It was basically we we were sent to India to try to identify people there who were like good leaders because nobody from the SAFE movement had been uh, in in a long time basically and they, they hadn't managed to like I don't know get on the ground yet right they wanted to build the organization help activists because they have the SAFE movement has a lot of funding so they, they were able to look at you know let's expand let's go and help some people and try and give them resources and join us and we can work together you guys go over there and take some videos and help people show them how to make videos show them how to, and just you know what i mean just work with the local people basically so but what's, was the, our...
1: what's the objective of the of the save organization for those who don't know
0: oh sorry they they want to well they want to create a better world for animals they want to create awareness raise awareness get people to change their buying habits eating habits and and be vegan and and then hopefully for them to you know, stand up and raise awareness of what's going on and how you can be healthy, vegan, plant-based and, um, basically, yeah. And, and help change the world. That's, that's what they were, what's the, what they're still going for. Um, they've changed a lot, but this is a whole of the topic But back then, this is what, this is what the focus was. Um, and it's one part of their organization is still focused on that, but like I said, whole of the topic, mm-hmm. um, But anyway, so we went to India, met loads of local people, awesome activists, some of the most inspiring, amazing people I've ever met, some of the most dedicated activists, just incredible people. Um, To this day, still just by far the most passionate activists and animal lovers and, you know, great people. And um, yeah, so that's what I was doing, filming a lot, making these videos. But the thing crack started to show, and it was around, it was actually around 2018, and this woke kind of movement, I don't know, it just kind of seemed to be just getting more and more uh, nasty, Uh, started to like, I I suppose it was, it's this concept of intersectionality that started to creep in, uh, as it does with a lot of these movements. And people who have been monitoring this will see that it's happened with other movements too, where this concept of like, everything's connected kind of came in. And if you don't agree with it, then you are, you're Satan, you're Hitler, basically. And the safe movement was no exception they started to uh, accept it more and more the people in it started to be quite hostile to people that didn't buy into this idea of like everything being connected in one and if you don't support this then you're bad and you're not really good for animal rights and it started to get a little bit complicated a little bit muddy and uh, i started to feel less and less welcome as a straight white cis man as I was constantly being reminded right that I am the top of the privileged ladder and I need to shut up and step down and get out of the way and you know these things started to come up more and more and more the safe movement was being more and more accepting of these ideas every day and it just started to feel like really unwelcome really hostile like it was brewing you know stuff was bubbling came to a head a couple of times and, and then I'll get to the big thing soon but yeah there was a few things that kind of led up to this so but the 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 main ones I remember, so let me just give you a few examples of, of how this kind of wokeism kind of started getting really bad. So there was, okay, my partner tried to post a, a conversation in one of the you know groups that we had, like a, a company group. Uh, it was a conversation between two women talking about feminism and just highlighting some of the issues with modern feminism. And she was, the post was removed and she was told never to post that ever again. For example, so the, the, you know these things started to kind of come up more and more. My two main things that uh, I believe caused the the firing because I got I got fired obviously from this. I don't know if I mentioned that yet, but they did fire me. Um, the first thing that went wrong was they they I said I have an idea. I'm gonna f- make a video, interview some people from all over the world because it was through the lockdown stuff. So I was like, we'll do it by Skype, we'll do it by Zoom, whatever. They said, great yeah, that's a great idea. We're happy for that. Let's go for it. Focus on black and brown people. And I was like, hmm, that's... No, (laughs) I'm not going to do that. That's racist. I'm not going to racially profile people. I was planning to just put out the word and have people apply and then interview everybody who applies. They said, no, 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 no. You go out and target black and brown people. And I said, no, I'm not not doing it. So then this was with this like HR person who for some reason was a whole of the story she was taking on more than she should have done. Should we get on a video call with the founder? And then she says, you know, tells me that, um, I understand that you want, you want to put people's value on their work as opposed to their skin color. I understand that you feel that way, but that's just not the reality. That's just not it. Okay. So you need to do what we're saying. You need to go and focus on black and brown people. And I, I, I just, Pushed back hard on it. I said the only way I'm gonna do it is if you send me a list of people you want me to interview, I'll do it because that's my job. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not selecting them out. I'm not doing that. It's racist. Mm-hmm. And we agreed on, yeah. on that, basically. So that kind of was one of the major things that led to the next thing. Um after that, I made a video. And in this video, it was around BLM time, stuff was going crazy with the BLM with George Floyd, and a lot of people were pressuring vegans to speak up about it and i was getting pissed off about it because a it's in america w- why would i speak up about it it's in america it's an american issue i'm i feel bad about what happened and i hope it doesn't happen again i really but what am i going to do about it why why am i going to speak up about it why should indians speak up about it why should spanish people speak up about it why should anyone outside of the usa be pushing this this is a usa us police problem what what's why should the whole world have to so i said look if you want to talk about it talk about it If you're an animal rights activist or a vegan, you don't want to talk about it. That's all right. Don't talk about human rights, but just don't hurt any humans. It's as simple as that. And if you're a human rights activist and you don't want to talk about animal rights, that's fine. Don't hurt any animals and you don't have to talk about it. I'd like it if you did. And I'm sure people would like it if I spoke for their human rights issues. But there are a million issues in the world, right? And we've only got a limited amount of time and energy and money. And so I'm focusing on what I'm most passionate about, and that's animal rights. Okay but I'm not going to hurt any black people. I'm not going to hurt any women. I'm not going to hurt any gay people. So, so don't worry. <laughs> I'm on your side. I'm just not, I'm just focusing here. All right. Posted this video. And then immediately the day after email me saying, you have an anti intersectionality approach. You are clearly against our core values. We don't want to work with you anymore. That was oh, so that. your
1: video, your video was saying you did do a video, but your video was saying, look, like this isn't really my, my subject. Like, You did some video on the topic though, right? But it was just basically saying, look, it's not my, it's not my
0: thing. It was called animal rights and human rights. Are you confused? Because a lot of vegans and animal rights activists were getting hounded and attacked by people because they wouldn't speak up about George Floyd. And it was like, it was insane. It's like, well, George Floyd happened, but like, come on. There are so many issues that are, let's be honest, objectively far worse than what happened to George Floyd like the ongoing slave trade in North Africa. This is not just one black man. This is thousands of black men, thousands, hundreds of thousands, slave trades. There's more slaves today than there ever were in the transatlantic slave trade. So why should animal rights activists be forced to speak about George Floyd? Why would, when they weren't forced to speak about the North African slave trade, Were they not forced to speak about right now, all the stuff going on in Iran, why is no one forcing activists to speak about that as well? You know what I mean? So it was just, I just pointed out that, listen, Stop with the guilt tripping. People can sh- speak about what they're passionate about as long as they don't harm others in other causes. That's all I said. And that, that, like I said, that was the straw that broke the, well, I wouldn't say camel's back. It's not very vegan. Straw that broke the, the, <laughs> the so, uh, what are they there's called? So the many, Sherpa's back. There's so many phrases that are not vegan friendly. <laughs> the straw that broke the Sherpa's back. The straw that broke the sherpa's back because I used uh, when, when I when I did my Everest base camp hike we didn't yeah, but use animals. Yeah, race- now that's racist. No, it ain't. No, it ain't because I used yeah, no. a, a human in, no, in Nepal. A guy, a guy carried my bag.
1: You can only use a white straight cis male sherpas, for, for, sherpas for, for are the, not white, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to use a you have to use a woke uh, phrase.
0: yeah yeah. so that so that was it man that was the whole and there was also even just one thing i wanted to add actually there's the founder of this organization um i remember in another call we had um there was a this is to give you an idea of what was going on and the kind of reason this happened so in a different conversation about a totally different topic she'd said something to me she said that uh in the past she has tried to go at things from an all sides perspective i.e We need to consider everyone's opinion here and we need to look at all sides of this before making a decision. She said this to me once, right? And she said that she got canceled so badly for it, for actually trying to be objective and trying to be diplomatic that these days she no longer does that anymore. And she always takes the side of, of the more the current thing, basically, she actually specifically like, basically said that to me once in a call. So, you know, when you're dealing with an organization that runs like that, is it's no wonder I was uh, eventually got in trouble and ended up getting the sack. Right.
1: Yeah. It's kind of weird, isn't it though? Because, you know, like vegans are such a small percentage of the population, right? Like vegans yeah. get, you know, hate all the time. You know, pe- people are you you always having to kind of like justify why you live the way you do, etc. Like it, it's a yeah. fringe, it's for now, it's a it's a fringe kind of philosophy to live by. You would think yeah. that vegans would be would be kind of hardened to not just falling for the current thing, you know, because it's like you've already put yourself under that, um you've already kind of put yourself in the firing line to some degree. And you're like, no, I'm standing by my principles, this is how I'm living by. Right, it's kind of weird that those same people are saying, no, we're now going to fall in line with all the current thing. And, you know, we can't be seen to be, you're not supporting this, that, and the other thing. And then, and then just throwing principles out. Cause it's like, you know, are we, are we doing things on principle here or are we not? I think that that's, that's a big theme of really what I try and live my life by is like just being kind of morally consistent, you know, across, uh, across different topics. And, you know, part of that is not just getting sucked in and you know, cause, cause what you were talking about there with like having to race the profile and stuff, that's racism. You might call it positive racism. You might have, you know, un- <clears> you might have good objectives with it by saying, okay, we want more representation, but ultimately in the process of getting more representation, you have been racist it, by yeah. which you have looked at those people and you've said the color of their skin is going to determine how oh, yeah. I, um, how I judge them or treat them. hundred percent. Whether or not you're doing it with, with, you know, from a good place in your heart or whatever, it doesn't matter if, if to get there, it's like, it's almost like the means justify the ends for these people. It's like the ends is, you know, um, less, whatever it is, racism, more representation, whatever, but then right. the means involves being racist. And as far as I'm concerned, as right, soon as right, the right. means involve that, like you've already, you've already lost.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. And there's this, this racism, um, it, at that point it was rife. It was really, really like, full force racism. Um, and I, I, I don't, I still don't understand how people didn't see it as racism. And I also didn't, un- didn't understand like if you were a black or a Brown person and I imagine if I contact you, hello, I'd like to interview you for the save movement. Uh, we selected you because you're black. Okay. If I can't say that, if that's right, then, then why am I doing it? If I can't tell them mm-hmm. the truth, why can't, wh- why are we doing it? Do you know what I mean? Like you need to face yeah. up to the fact that this is racism. They were trying to hide it, right? If I said, oh, can I say this to people? And they would say, no, they would have said, no, no, don't tell them. That's why I was selecting them. Right. So it's racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty that's, simple, that's litmus a really, test, isn't it?
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That's a really good point. i would never thought of that before. It's like, unless you can, you know, straight face, justify what you're doing. And actually you don't mm. have to kind of, you know, slip away and whisper it right? If that's what you're having to do, the chances are you're doing a bad thing, right? Like it's, it's very easy. I just think that a lot of the time, you know, it comes back to this thing. It's like, you've got to know your own shadow, right? Everyone's got to, Mm. everyone's got to know their own shadow. And you've always got to be questioning, are the things that I'm doing the right things? And, you know, because sometimes you might think, oh, well, you know, I'm going to, I am doing the right thing. It's like, you know, this comes back to, you know, various arguments. I know that, on on yours, we talked about the whole kind of like socialism idea and socialism versus, versus mm. capitalism and all of that. So I won't go too deep into that into that subject because we discussed it at length there. But you know that idea that's like, oh well, if I steal from someone who's got more money and give it to someone who's poor, mm. you might think, okay, well, I'm doing a good thing there. But you've right. you've breached that in that initial first principle by saying, okay, well, I'm going to take from someone who's rich and give it to someone who's poor. It's like, mm. it, it, is that a good thing? Well, no, <laughs> because stealing's bad. So if in order to get the world that you want to see involves stealing or involves breaking any other kind of first principle, you need to question whether that's actually the right, whether you're shooting for the right target, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. And there's, yeah, that, and that, that kind of the racism there within the safe movement itself was one thing. There was also, there was even, Racism from the vegan community around this as well while we were in India, which again i'm telling you these stories not to like cry about it, but to show the listeners yeah. that even as vegans we have to put up with the same crap you're most likely having to put up with in your workplace or with you know if you have any woke friends or woke family members or whatever like we get the same crap like this there's, there's so many people like me and like like you Johnny who are just you know not into it into in this way and the second we pop our heads up and voice like, Hey, I don't know that we get absolutely re- destroyed, like or not destroyed, but they try to destroy us. They try to ruin us, you know? And one of the ways they try to ruin as a, as a good story, this we're in India. Uh, working with this uh, local lady who was, who was helping us with all the stuff. And she had this job where she was dealing with kids and she was, they did a play that she taught that it's like a kid's group thing. And she ran this kid's group and they were doing a play and we were going to go see this play, this outdoor kind of street play where they were talking about animals and stuff. It was very nice, very cute little thing. She said, do you, do you guys want to be in the play? It's like a street performance. Do you want, do you want to be in it? So we were like, I mean, yeah, why not? I guess it's an experience. Why not? We don't We don't understand anyone's language. We don't get what we're going to be doing. Can we do it in English? Yeah, you can do it in English. We'll just tell you to say these two things. All right, then, cool. We go down there. Someone films the whole thing. We we do literally we do one line each. Right? It was something like I don't know. It's something like eating animals is wrong. Or just kids stuff. It's for kids, right? So it's not. So anyway, we did this, and it goes online. The vegans, quite a lot of them, lost their minds saying like, oh, it's, this is white supremacy, colonization, blah, 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 simply because we were white and they were brown. That's the only real, real reason they had to be upset with this, that that we shouldn't have been there saying whatever we said. This is vegans, by the way, telling us we shouldn't say things like, you know, killing animals is wrong because we're white. Um, and that, that's somehow wrong to say that to brown people. I just—it's just, mm. it's just mm. incredible, man. So this is the level of nonsense that was going around at the time, just the, and the level of nonsense we yeah. had to put up with, and even still today, you know, there's still quite a lot of this going on within you know the vegan world. So it's it's really not. It should, if you're thinking that we're all the same, you're you're so so wrong. You're so completely <laughs> utterly wrong. I, and and we, we'll, I'll let you speak, and just to let you know, there is something going on right now, with me uh that I'm releasing in a video tomorrow explaining it. So if you want to get into something current and we can get into that as well with me battling with some more of these woke idiots. It's happening right now. Oh so.
1: you're you're into a new battle. Amazing. You're just yep. hopping from one to the next. But you're right, you know you mentioned you mentioned some before years in between. With- <laughs> Oh, is this, oh, is it? Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, you had yeah. a, bit of, a bit of respite, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, you mentioned before about like intersectionalism and that is the key, mm. that is the key word really, you know, like actually, you know, we're, we're talking about wokeism and stuff, but when it comes to, to, you know, the, the vegan stuff and how it's, mm. um, how it's affected you in particular, like it's intersectionalism and intersectionalism is so wrong because like you were saying, that's a great example of it, right? Like as vegans we're we're trying to put the message out there you don't need to kill animals like it's unnecessary um mm. you know like don't do that right it doesn't matter whether you're saying that to a white person or whether you're saying that to a brown person or a black person right no. if the message is true if the message if the essence of the message is true you shouldn't care who you say it to you can say it to everyone It doesn't mean that you're saying oh you're you know, um, barbarians, you're savages, you're whatever. (laughs) That's because, because white people are doing it too, right? White people are eating pigs and and cows. And so are people in any country in the world. So yeah, essentially like this is, um, you know, this is where the, where the problem lies is that intersectionalism fundamentally doesn't work because what you inevitably have and this isn't just true of, of veganism, right? Like I see this happening no. also, for instance, with the with the feminist movement, you've now got the feminist movement, which is at war with itself. And it's kind of fractioned into, into two camps now, but you've got the feminists who say that you shouldn't allow um, trans women into, you know, female sports and females, you know, private spaces. Mm-hmm. And you've got the feminists that, that say, oh no, that's perfectly okay. Trans women are mm-hmm. women. And now, now they're at war with each other, right? Because it's like, which takes yeah. precedence? Do you care about women enough to give them private spaces away from right. men? Or do you care about women only to a certain extent, but then you care about the trans issue enough that suddenly now that supersedes it, right? Uh, It's like, ultimately it all breaks down. So this is why you have to have fundamental first principles. And I kind of think that this, what's happening with feminism, with it fracturing off, there is Mm. every possibility for that to happen with the vegan movement as well. Oh yeah, There is no reason why it couldn't happen. It could happen in the exact same way because of things like what we're talking about. Because people suddenly say, the vegan message is important, but we can't give the vegan message to people in India or to people in Africa because they're, they're black and brown. So therefore we have to reserve it for them. And then, and then you're going to get this mm. fraction when you're going to get people, some people who say, well, veganism is only applicable to, to, to white, whatever people in, in Western mm. countries and the people who think that it's not, and you know, it's either true or it's not right. And, and in my right. view, it's, it's the message is true and therefore we should, we should apply it universally. Um, so yeah. yeah, I would, I would yeah. hate to see this fracturing happening. Like I see it happening in the, in the feminist movement the vegan music movement. And yeah. it's so unnecessary from my point of view.
0: Yeah, completely. The, the inter- intersectionality is good in, in the legal space where it's supposed to be, that that's where it was was created for. It's created for the legal system. Yeah. What
1: was it created for? So,
0: so so basically US legal system would acknowledge that, uh, for example, a black man could be a victim of racism, right? They would acknowledge that there is, there is discrimination and there is like bias because this black man is black. Right. And then, a black woman would also have that same consideration from a, from a judge or from a whatever, right? They would say, yeah, okay, we consider that you, you could have been the victim of, of racism because of your skin color. But what they wouldn't consider legally was the idea that um, she was also a woman. They it, it would be considered separately. Well, what, what this, uh, her name's Kimberly Crenshaw, she, what she did was successfully put together a system that, sh- that, that encouraged the legal system to consider that a black woman has a different experience than a black person or a woman. Right, because you are you are you are seen as not only a woman, not only a black person, you are a black woman. So it's like um, it almost kind of intersects basically these two issues that that back in this time at least um, it wasn't that long ago, but like still things were very different to what they are now. Um, the legal system needed to acknowledge that okay, this person is experiencing not only uh, potentially discrimination for being a woman. Discrimination for being black, but also discrimination because she's a black woman. It's it's not the same as a white woman, and it's not the same as a black man. It's a combination. You need to consider that, right? That was what it was created well, do, do, for. Do,
1: do you? I don't understand. Like, sh- surely, like, depending yeah. on what's actually happened, is whether you consider it. Like, if someone was, well, if someone was, you know, attacked in a female changing yeah. room and raped, then being a woman is relevant, but being black yes. is not relevant. But if someone, you know, racially attacked
0: them and okay, you're know, shouting though,
1: racial slurs, then being a woman is not hold, relevant. So, like, how, how can though. they?
0: but it is though but it is though being black is relevant because there's there is the, the chance that she's been targeted not only because she's a woman and the, the person wanted to rape somebody but, but because she's black and the person was also racist because that's that i don't know about these Wait, days so, okay, so, so, but in the times so what you're
1: saying is that there's a there's a possibility for like her for like that person to have been attacked on two fronts from two absolutely from
0: yeah yeah um so like being yeah, attacked okay. because I, I can, you're seen as lower yeah. because you're a woman and you're black. Cause like, it's like a double reason for somebody to be targeted as opposed to uh, if, if she was uh, a white woman or, you know, a black man basically.
1: But then, but then how would that affect things like on a legal basis? Cause surely the nature of the attack like is yeah. distinct from, you know, so like if someone's been attacked, like it's, you yeah. know, group, you know, GBH or whatever, or if someone's been raped, it's rape. Yeah. Like how does, how do those things even weigh in?
0: I don't know. I guess they would, I don't actually know like how it played out legally as in like what actual difference it made. I just know about the theory and the concept and how it was applied. Like in a court of law, it would be, it would have to be considered that this person is not only black and not only a woman, this is a black woman. It's a whole other thing you need to consider. There's the possibility of her being targeted. For, for being a black woman specifically, not just for being black or for being a woman, if that makes sense, that was the concept i mean I don't, yeah to me it makes sense to to consider i mean it, it, basically what it's saying is consider that there are certain people with certain identities that have confounding factors that could make them a target more so than somebody with only one of those factors that makes sense to me right, right? It's, yeah. i don't see it's logical right but but um what happened after that was lots of different activists from different places started to apply it to the kind of the worlds of like activism or whatever, like vegans started to apply it. We'll say, they'll say if you don't fight for black rights, then you're not really, you're a bad person. If you focus on animal, rights. they call them single issue vegans. They, they, it's an insult. It's like, you're, you're just an idiot. You're, you're stupid white single issue vegan, right? Yeah. It's an insult. It's like, because you won't also fight for black people or fight for women or fight for but then the irony is and this is going on a tangent but the irony is these people who always push this stuff when they say fight for it means like what they're posting a black square or they're uh, you know they're supporting uh, uh, women fighting against the pink tax on tampons it's like listen mate if you're not even fighting for like women in Saudi Arabia or the slave in the slave trade in North Africa then how can you possibly hold me at the standard you know all you're doing is posting a black square and fighting for something like fighting for i saw one thing feminists were fighting for some people i knew fighting for because there's a pay gap in hollywood i mean are you fucking for real right now you really want to fight for the pay gap in hollywood one one oh my god they're missing out on on a couple million on top of the 10 million for that movie that's oh my god Oh my god, did you hear Brad Pitt got 20 million and then his co-star only got 10? Can you believe that, man? Oh my god. That that's Well, yeah. That's it, the hot topic. That, that's the thing we need to that- focus on. Well, that's a perfect
1: example of something which you can never expect for pay equality because like you're literally doing a different role. If there is ever something where you can, where you can, where you can say for a hundred percent certainty, two people have different roles. It's if it's a different actor playing literally a different person, right? Don't even get started on the,
0: on the football stuff as well. You know, they were fighting for equal pay for men's and women's football when women's football makes it generates a, a fraction of the revenue of men's football and then but they're demanding equal it's just it's just well it's exactly just,
1: well, the, well oh, yeah man. this is this is Wines actually it gets kind of hilarious because because they'll say oh well you know women are getting paid less in in sport, and they should be they should be paid the same and you say okay well they're not making as much you say oh well, yeah it's because they're not putting the they're not putting it on the tv at the prime time and it's like Okay, let's let's go back there. Why are not they put it at prime time on TV? Because people don't right. want to watch it. And they say, oh, well, people don't want to watch it because they're you know they hate women. It's it's like okay, well, who's watching it? Like the men are watching the men. Who are the women watching? They're not watching the men or the women. Like you know, <laughs> or if anything, or if anything, it's the women not, want to watch the men as well, right? Man, like it's like just most, not most girls I know who are into sport, they also want to watch you know Federer and Nadal and Djokovic, or they want to watch right. you know Manchester United. Or whatever. They're not watching the they're not watching the women's um, sports or the women's. Um, right you know, uh, sports people, like generally speaking, right. even the women want to watch the mostly athletes, the mostly athletes in the world. I'm sorry, but I'm in, right. That's, that's just, that's the way that nature, um, has, has, has kind of panned in out, most you know, sports. Are, yeah, are,
0: of course. Yeah. Of course, I, man. Of course. There probably are
1: yeah. some, which, which women excel in. I, I can't think of any, can you?
0: There are. Like, I think when you level any sport that kind of levels the playing field a little bit, um, women can women can compete with men and like i'm pretty sure i, I don't want i want to say it off the top of my head but i i don't know like they do don't, isn't isn't like olympic volleyball like mixed and never it's it's not one gender and i think a lot of women dominate that actually um That's good, i don't know for sure I, I, though I don't...
1: Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you, man, that for
0: sure. Yeah, yeah, but, I but couldn't tell again, you. But then again, you would
1: you would think that something, <laughs> you would think that something like I don't know, snooker or darts, you'd be like, women are gonna. There is absolutely uh, zero disadvantage, but th- but you don't see women being. But there is elite at those there is this advantage,
0: you know? man. Like wingspan, think about wingspan of men versus women. Men tend to have long, much larger wingspan, and that's that's way bigger advantage for both darts and snooker.
1: Oh, I see. Because you can basically reach your arm out further.
0: Yeah. But is, but is that yeah, a thing? Yeah. I
1: don't recall. Like, normally the people who I see winning darts tournaments, they're like massively fat and have tiny arms yeah, rather true. than people with... It's true. You know, I, it's I don't true. see those people with massive monkey
0: arms. <laughs> right, yeah. For snooker, I think it's a problem. For darts, you might, you're onto something, though. I don't know why women don't get to... Well, I mean, darts is historically a just a fat, drunk men's game. I, I don't think it's a particularly sexy game for anyone. I don't think any... I don't know any young people that watch darts. It's yeah, just, mate, like, you know, you know,
1: you're from England. There's enough, there's yeah. enough fat
0: drunk females on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's like, maybe they are competing with the men. I don't see why not though. Why is darts not mixed if it isn't mixed? That makes no sense. There should be a mixed sport, shouldn't it? A mixed gender sport.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then that's the thing though then. Do you... Do you mix every single, I kind of feel like if you mix sports, you've then got to determine mm. whether there is a, whether there is any kind of advantage, right? So like, you know, in tennis right. or football or something, you'd say, well, let's not mix it. But I guess yeah. every sport maybe should have a, a, some kind of committee that says, look, are we going to mix this or not? And it should right. be based upon, is there any kind of genetic advantage science. if you're a man?
0: Absolutely. It should be based on pure science. Like, like for example, chess, obviously. Can be mixed. How do we even get to this man? Intersectionality, I think. So, so back to yeah, to bring it round. Yeah. Intersectionality is is in the theory of it. I I I believe it makes sense. To be honest, it seems like common sense to me. I can't believe that that wasn't being considered in in legal systems when somebody came up and had something happen. It's just ridiculous um, that it wasn't considered. But the application of it with the animal rights world and vegan world is just it. It, it always ends up in just ridiculous uh, conclusions and just people attacking me most of the time and other vegans who refused to bend the knee. Literally, literally in 2020 refused to bend the knee as pretty much everybody was bending the knee and putting their fist in the air. And it, it you know, it doesn't mean you don't care. It just means you're not bending in, bending over for a an organization um, that's clearly capitalizing yeah. on a horrible thing. Uh, you know, it's, it, it smelt fishy. Um, so, you know, you don't bend the knee and then you get you get attacked. That's what's happening to me right now, actually. Um, I've refused to bend the knee on something else. And now I'm, um, yeah, I'm going to take the hit for it. <laughs> so. Oh, can, can we happen? have a teaser?
1: Or are you keeping it?
0: Yeah, no, you're not. When are you going yeah, oh, to release this, actually?
1: Not for two days.
0: Oh, yeah, it's fine then. Three yeah. days, probably. Yeah, it's fine then. So basically, I've got. I did an interview with Buck Angel, who is uh, maybe listeners know who he is. He's a trans man. He's been trans for thirty years. Ah, yeah. Trans before it was cool. <laughs> um, he uh, transitioned fully like thirty years ago. So, like, dude's got full beard. Like, he is you. He's a full-on dude, right? Um, in every way, right? So, it's 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 pretty interesting to see because I I'd, I'd never actually seen anyone before I met him. I'd never actually seen anyone that I was like you're really you're trans like really that's crazy like you know and, and on the men's side women's side yeah like i've seen lots of trans women that i that i was like oh yeah that's surprising like but but men's Oh, side, so,
1: so 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 this is a woman who's become a man
0: yes and and a very very like he's he's a dude oh, right yeah like, book angel of course yeah. that's some that's yeah. man's
1: name yeah
0: yeah because like you know um i i wouldn't have ever questioned him is what i'm trying to say if i saw him in the street or saw him whatever just met him i'd be like oh you know, mm-hmm. I've never a million years guess this guy was once, uh, you know, presenting as a woman. Let's put let's put it that way, because that's how he puts it. Like he presents as a man, but he's biologically female. That's how he defines right. himself. Um yeah. and um and I'm I'm totally on board with that. I think that's great. Like I actually, um I I was on board with a lot of what he was saying, especially the bit about presenting as a man. He said all he said in this interview is I want to present as a man, and all I want for you to do. I want you to see me like as a man, I know I'm not a man, I'm biological female, but I would like for you to see me as a man. And, and um, if I could get you to like, you know, refer to me as a man and stuff like that, that that's my dream. Like I want to be accepted. I, 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 I feel like I am a man and I'm trying to make that reality. That's my world. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. such a, that's such a refreshing take on it. Cause it's kind of what I feel makes the most sense. Right. And we had this big discussion and, it was quite nice, actually. He was, he was a really cool guy. He had some problems with trans kids. Uh, he feels like the movement is focusing, targeting kids, and he doesn't like that. Um, and he had some issues with some stuff there. Basically, this interview goes live. It's been it's been months, by the way. It's been a long time since this interview went live. And then um, somebody got really upset with it, so I invited her on. She debated him. It wasn't a very good debate. I'll be honest with you. It was kind of like a mismatch of what they both wanted to talk about. But it was it was it's interesting. It's spicy go on my 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 podcast channel if you want to watch it it's worth watching it's 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 it gets very heated and um because I have not walked back what I said with him and what I I, I didn't actually say anything I agreed with him on some stuff because I refuse to walk back on that because I refuse to take the video down because I refuse to denounce book angel um I am these people are, uh, have been commenting all my tweets calling me transphobe um trying to force me to like answer their questions about whatever make with loaded, you know, loaded questions. You know how they do this kind of stuff. Like, do you support this? And if you say, if it's a lose, lose, you say, yes, you lose, say no, you lose. Right. It's like those kinds of questions. And, um, and now I'm informed that they're making a video to try to take me down, to try to cancel me because of this one interview with a trans man. And because his opinions were not the right opinions. So remember, listen to trans people but only if they're saying the right things, guys, that, that's, that's the rule. Yeah. Yeah? If they're not saying the right things, don't yeah. listen to them. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, and I'm making, I've made a video the videos, um, uploaded. It's going to be posted tomorrow where I'm exposing the kind of comments these people have made towards me and, uh, exposing that they're making a video and we'll see how my audience takes it. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll all turn against me. Maybe most of them are woke. Who knows? <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe this who, is who the are end. these people? <laughs> um, <laughs> the <laughs> this is your too. final interview. These are vegans. Sorry. I didn't mention oh, these that. These are, these are vegans. Are ve- oh yeah. Oh, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. Do you, so you know them? you know, um, like which channel is going to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out on.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I've, I've okay, redacted
0: right. it. I don't want to, cause I want to promote them, but, um, no, yeah, no, of I, course, I know. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I know the people, um, or like, yeah, I know the people involved in it. And, um, I tried to reach out actually before, before the public stuff came before they were attacking me publicly, I, I actually tried to, I heard about this happening uh, through a friend, tried to reach out to the main culprit, the main person said, Hey, why don't you just come, just come on my podcast? We'll just talk it out. And they ignored me, completely ignored me. And I had to go back to the friend and say, Hey, can you find out? And he said, yeah, yeah. They, they said, no, basically they said they want to make the video first. So it's like, right. Yeah, of course, that's what you want Sounds to do. Right.
1: But you're no stranger to, um, you're no stranger to, to kind of getting hate in your videos, right? Like I've been, mm. um, going back and listening to some of your earlier ones. I watched your mm. sad guru one and you did one <laughs> with Eckhart yeah. Tolle and yeah. there's another guy. There was, I think there was a, oh, maybe it was Sam Harris. You've yeah. done a few videos where you've basically been pointing to these, you know, people like, you know, are kind of like respected and they're very like high up as like mm. thought leaders. And you were just, you kind of took them apart and then people came yeah. after you for that. Right. So yeah. 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 Um, I, I guess can handle to the hate strong, um, strong skin, some thick skin.
0: It is, yeah. I I mean, I can handle the hate from people that are clearly going to get upset when I call out the, you know, the spiritual daddy or whatever. Oh, spirit me harder daddy. You know, but like um with these people, with these people, <laughs> guru me harder please. You know, they, they they just they can't, you know, these people can't go through life without a spiritual guru. It's kind of pathetic. Uh, and I, I don't mean that as in like, I don't hate these people, but the, the reactions they've given to me, I mean, God, you should see some of the vitriol coming from these people's mouths because I called out the spiritual daddies. Um, It tells you that like, it is pretty pathetic that that's, that you can't handle like a shred of criticism against the person you've idolized. But anyway, yeah, I can handle that because it's expected. I, when I make that kind of video, I know it's coming. I'm actually kind of making it for that reason because, you know, it, it, it's, it's a good way for me to get across the message I want to get across and kind of using this popular figure who said some silly stuff about animals, about veganism. I use them to propel the message forward. I'm not trying to take these people down. I'm trying to call out the nonsense in what they're saying, but their fans and followers take that as me trying to take them down. I don't, they can carry on doing the work they want to do. And if you want to follow a fraud, that's your call, but I'm just calling out the hypocrisy. Right. And I can handle the the, the backlash from that, but it's a worse backlash when it comes from your own camp, you know?
1: For sure. Yeah. But, but I think that this is something that everyone ultimately has to go, go through on this, on this journey. If you, if you want to, you know, be someone like talking about these topics and, you know, when you're in the game of like doing, you know, YouTubing and podcasting and all of that kind of stuff, you have to be willing to, to kind of, first of all, like get a bit of hate, but also to to mm. have opinions, which kind of <laughs> converge with, with people that you thought um, would have the right opinions. I mean, I felt like over the past couple of years, in particular, I've I've had this with vegans as well. You know, I was mentioning to you yeah. about uh, Gary Francione, who was the person who <laughs> kind of I was who inspired me most to go vegan. You know, like his, I just thought that his his videos and his interviews and his um his kind of podcasts and stuff they were absolutely yeah. great. And you know, I, I even even to this day, I still kind of reluctantly recommend that people go and listen to some of his some of his stuff. I don't know right. the kind of work he's putting out now. But, you know, he went, he's Mm. gone full intersectionalist and, you know, he's, he's against, um, you know, the thing that I kind of really got into, got into with him on was the, uh, you know, that he says that like, it's selfish to have babies. No one should have, Mm. no one should be having children if you do, you're selfish and stuff. And, you know, he, again, it's this, it's this environmental intersectionalism with vegan. You know, I'm not an Mm. environmental vegan. I accept I don't live a very environmental life. I, you know, I, I do my best with, you know, like waste, but I take a lot of flights, you know, I live abroad, you know, I know that I'm not that environmental. I don't do it for the environmentalism. I do it yeah. purely for for ethics and to kind of minimize suffering towards animals. Whereas, you know, someone like Gary Francione, he seems to have kind of really gone all in on the on the environment right. of veganism to the point yeah. where now he's intersectionalizing that with all of this other stuff like no one should ever have babies, no one should ever take flights. <laughs> and I'm like, it's it's that's if that's what you want to do, fine. But don't pretend yeah. that you that that's part of veganism. That's an integral part. It's totally. not, you know. And the other thing, um, you know, is I, that I found it especially over the past past two years is, is I've had that with so many of my heroes. You know, so many of that people that I followed, and I was like, okay, mm. this person is worth listening to. You know, Sam Harris is, is a good example. I thought that when all this <laughs> stuff kicked off with with oh, COVID nice. and everything, and when when it was just proving to be, you know, so heavily like exaggerated, and when the real data mm. was coming out, and when the vaccines were being like pushed on everyone as a kind of compulsory thing, and mm. everyone had to take them or you lose your job. I was like, okay, people like Sam Harris are going to talk about this. People like uh, Douglas Murray, people, you know, I had a kind of like a loose list in my head. And then those people just went silent. And I was like, man, you know, you can't have heroes in life. You you can have people who you respect for a time, but they're probably always going to be fleeting. And they're always going to disagree with you on on some things. And sometimes that's going to be really integral.
0: Sam Harris wasn't just quiet about it. He was in his podcast with vicky gervais they were like mocking people who weren't getting it and trying to figure out like oh why are people being so stupid right now and they were comparing which ones they would had and like when they got them and they were like super like like you know it wasn't just that he was like silent he was he was the complete opposite of silent on uh, like he was the opposite of what you'd expect with it he was just kind of like completely torn right. the line yeah yeah which was i was surprised yeah, to I hear that too i didn't know that I thought between these two, of all people, like we hear something a bit like, oh, maybe they're going to like, you know, oh, I know, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not sure about this. Maybe like the systems, maybe uh, something's like a bit off here. They all are both like, no, nah, everything's fine. Like, yeah, everything's yeah. like just to totally follow in all guidelines, like no question at all, which I was just, it is what it is. But yeah, I guess this, the where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? This, this whole thing, like everyone's a, a rebel until until it really gets, the shit hits the fan yeah, big time. Yeah, then it's like, yeah. okay, who's really a rebel? <laughs> who's really looking into this and now? Totally,
1: man. It's like everyone's everyone is like that. Everyone is is a contrarian until it actually counts. And I, I just mm. think that there's so few people who actually will take a stand on something and just say, you know, this is this is my belief and I'm going to kind of stick to it. And people mm. just seem to capitulate. It's disappointing to hear that about Ricky chavez as well. I know that he did like promote yeah. the backs at some point but you know he went vegan as well and he went vegan only after a lot of when he was just clearly being morally consistent about all of this stuff about being against hunting and this that, and the other and it took like mm. two years and by the end of it it's like okay you know he became vegan like you know credit to him for that but then yeah. you know it comes to this issue and all of a sudden it's back to you know just zero principled thinking and i just think there's so few people in the world like we like to think that you know maybe most people are kind of principled thinkers or whatever but I actually think that just so many people that they're not really thinking about, and Mm. and especially in these thought leader circles, they're not actually thinking about their fundamental principles at all. Like they're just, you know, they just Mm. do whatever the current thing is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that was a tough time to be fair. It really did test a lot of us, um, you know, throughout these times and people made, people make the decisions they think is best for them. I mean, it wasn't like, to be fair to both of these people, Sam Harris and Ricky Gervais, it wasn't like they were like, I don't, I didn't see this promotion you were talking about and, and they were relatively quiet. In my opinion, this just apart from this one segment of one podcast that was out of like 12 podcasts. So it's like, you know, I don't know if it's that, I don't know if it's enough of a reason to really roast them that much, but, um, I was surprised to hear it to be fair. I was just, cause we were, we were, I I mean, yeah.
1: It's not just that though. I don't know if you saw the, um, Sam Harris went on the the trigonometry podcast, and he was
0: talking oh, about uh, like that's, Trump, that's,
1: and
0: that's the whole oh, thing, man. God. I've not seen the whole thing. I've not seen the whole thing, but I know now. Have you know? You know, he's left Twitter, right? Sam Harris deleted yes. his Twitter, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and I heard why. I listened to his podcast today. He made some convoluted Sam Harris style excuse, but basically, let me just cut to the chase. For anyone that doesn't know why Sam Harris quit Twitter, I listened to like the main bit of why he quit, and what he's basically saying is trying to hide it. Um, He just doesn't like what Elon's doing. He doesn't like that Trump was reinstated and he doesn't like all the backlash he's getting. So he deleted Twitter. Now his real excuse that he gave is like, Oh, it was just so much hate. And I was finding myself hate was growing inside me. So I realized that this just wasn't for me. It's like bullshit, bro. You were just upset because he brought Trump on and, and you said something stupid about Hunter Biden and that's, and you, you were getting slammed for it. Like you should have been slammed for it. Like you deserve it, mate. Like you just eat it yeah. up. The news cycle moves on. Yeah, it'll be gone in two, three yeah. days, max. Just just sit, just go off Twitter for a couple of days. What are you doing? Come on, man. Don't be it's so it was very immature. Well, better
1: still, just admit your mistake. I mean, I kind of think that with with Sam Harris, you know, he's a guy who, you know, he prides himself on this whole like, oh yeah, I'm sitting around meditating all day. You know, I have so much
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so fucking
1: enlightened. And, you know, I understand, you know, I understand myself and I've dissolved my ego and shit. And it's just like, this guy's got the biggest right. ego of Anyone, because the idea that he just thinks that he can say whatever he can just just literally say whatever comes into his mind, and that he will never walk back from it. He'll never say, "Look, I made a mistake." Like that's not a guy who's dissolved their ego. This is a guy who lives. He's the embodiment of ego, in my view.
0: Yeah. Well, what he said, by the way, (laughs) I just realized. Like, I I think it's true, man. And I want, I want to just quick go quickly go over what he said in case anyone's wondering. You can go watch the clip yourself, but I'll just quickly explain it. It's brilliant. It's like brilliantly terrible. He, he, they were talking about like the Hunter Biden laptop thing and how it came about around like it was like it could have influenced the election, right? And basically, his logic was he doesn't care if it was real or not because it could have influenced the election so that Trump got reelected. So he didn't care. At this point, he said Hunter Biden could have had children locked in his basement. I didn't want to hear about it because we needed Trump out of office and that was more important. That's what he said during a podcast. And what's crazy is the guy who was, um, what's his name? The guy that interviewed him from Trigonometry, the oh, um, uh, Constantine,
1: Constantine, right? Constantine Kistin? Const-
0: yeah. yeah, Constantine. So he, he tweeted about it and said, like, I'm disappointed to see Sam Harris deleted Twitter after all this, blah, blah, blah. And someone responded and said, would you have removed this section if Sam Harris requested you to remove this section from the podcast? And he said, of course. So it's like, it, it, it's, you know you could have avoided all this if you just had some insight and walked out of the room and said you know what that bit about the kids in the basement that that was maybe that was too yeah. far right hey hey constantine could you could you cut that out please mate i, I feel right. like i went too far yeah no problem sam no worries you know? Exactly,
1: and sometimes you say stupid stuff when you're on. You know, I know. I know from Completely. doing these. The you know, this is going to be my what forty second or something episodes, I'm like that, okay. right? Like nice. I know there's been stuff that I've said in these that in retrospect I've gone, okay, I was trying to make a point there, and I didn't really like <laughs> express that correctly, and I just yeah, put well. a little bit out. You know, it's not like you know, at the end of the day. I don't think this. if you genuinely repent for something that you've said, or you think you know, that came yeah. across wrong and you're like, look, I didn't actually mean that. So I'm not going to spend all of this time trying to kind of like, um, having to, to justify it and that's fine. Mm. But this is the thing that is another expression of his ego. The fact that he could have just easily afterwards said, you yeah. know what? I was trying to make a point about, about, um, this thing, but I used, I use a really hyperbolic example that actually sounds really bad. And I didn't really mean it in that way. Can you take it out? Everyone would have forgiven him for that. Like even if he had have told yeah. people to was look. I said this thing that I don't really agree with, um, but I said it kind of just you know in the moment stuff. You know when you do a lot of podcasts, did, you say stupid it, getting stuff, excited. It'd be fine, yeah. but yeah, you know it's just it, it's dumb. It's dumb. But um, I, I yeah, just think I, I think that he needs he needs to do some actual introspection, and he's always <laughs> telling everyone else like, oh, you everyone else needs to introspect, and even you know when he's when he, I've heard him talk about Twitter before, and he said like, mm. oh, you know Twitter has this effect on people, and it's like. No, mate, like I used to every day. I'm perfectly (laughs) fine. Like, you know, this is a you, this is a you thing. (laughs) That's so funny.
0: It's the same with uh, Jordan Peterson, man. It's exactly the same with Jordan Peterson. He he quotes all these, all this stuff, self-help, seven rules, 12 rules, blah, 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 make your bed. Dude's an absolute mess on Twitter. He's a disgrace. (laughs) He turns into a complete fucking moron. I swear, if you change Jordan Peterson's name just for some like Anon accounts, you wouldn't notice a difference. Like these anon idiots who shit post that's Jordan Peterson. You know, what's, what is he doing these days, man? He just called someone a, a rat. He just retweeted someone and said like, you, <laughs> you, you disgusting rats. He called someone. Um, yeah. and I saw like, you know, and the, the, the stuff that got him removed as well from Twitter. Um, and also that time he was playing smash or pass with Twitter, just put up a, a photo of a plus size model and was like, not beautiful. <laughs> not beautiful Did at all. They? Yeah. It's like, mate, what are you doing? Man? This is great clip um, from um, a Ryan long podcast where um, like uh, you'll have to go. I'll send it later on. It's on Instagram. If you want to guys want to go check it and they, They've, that's where I got the smash or pass thing from. They do this like skit where they're like playing, in, you know, they've the daily, Wire just hired Jordan Peterson and all he wants to do is play smash or pass. And they're like, Oh, we thought you were going to do something with the culture war. And he's like, no, no, no. I just want to play smash or pass on Twitter. I just want to talk about fat models, not being attractive. It's like, what, what is he doing, dude? You're like a, what 50 odd year old psychologist. Why are you talking about fat models on Twitter? Like why are you, why would you even step into that area arena? You know, I mean, yeah. and if you're going to say not, attra- you, you, instead of saying not attractive, if you're going to make a, po- a comment on like, oh, this is unhealthy and, and not a good image, then say that. Say like, I don't think we should be promoting th- this unhealthy body type, like a professional, like a scientist would, like you're supposed to be like, why Why mm-hmm. is he? Oh, man, I, I could go on about this. I just feel like he's turned into this complete <laughs> moron. Uh, I don't understand. You know, it's not the same dude that was around a couple of years ago, is it? really <laughs> completely I, yeah, I, to be it. honest
1: i haven't i haven't followed him much i haven't followed oh, him mate. much so um i think i you think want I, might, to, I think he might have been on on um pierce morgan recently did an mm. interview with him i have a feeling that he did one with john peterson recently and it was uh and, oh and, yeah you know he came across came across like came across all right but um right yeah i don't know i mean I, like i still think that i still think he's done like overall like a lot of good you know especially for like young men oh yeah of course young men and stuff they, he filled his face yeah yeah yeah, yeah but it's just i yeah, guess totally. maybe, maybe recently he's fallen off a bit you know?
0: definitely do you know he's like a massive anti-vegan as well did you know that like super super anti-vegan
1: i didn't know that he was an anti-vegan i know that he oh, yeah. like pr- pr- he um what's it advocates like the carnivore diet and stuff right mate he, 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 this he's this video carnivore apparently
0: he is there's this video you should check out that uh lifting vegan logic just made and um jordan peterson is basically did a video recently where he's attacking vegans, vegetarians. He's saying the diet's unhealthy and he uses the study um, to prove it. He's like, look at this study. In this study, they had the people with more saturated fat had better health outcomes, including a lower risk of stroke, right? And he's saying, see, vegan vegetarian diets associated with better health? No, not here. Not here. Saturated fat was associated with better health, right? And on the surface, you're like, oh my God, you look at the study. It does show that. It actually shows that, right? Out of these five mm-hmm. groups, one like going increasingly, one with the lowest saturated fat, one with the highest saturated fat, the one with the highest saturated fat had better health outcomes. What uh, Lifting Vegan Logic did, broke that down, found out like, what well, something must be off here, right? What's going on? Turned out the group with the low saturated fat intake, the group they used, was from low income countries- Mostly like people eating poor diets, poor nutritional diets, right? We're talking poor countries, poor people. The group with the most saturated fat were from affluent countries like North America, Europe, and they were eating the highest amounts of fruits, grains, and vegetables and saturated fat, whereas the group with the low saturated fat wasn't eating anywhere near as much fruits and vegetables and grains and all that, right? So, of course, in that scenario, you expect to see a good health outcome from the ones that were eating all the fruits, grains, vegetables, even with the saturated fat. Jordan Peterson, a supposed reality truth seeker, you know, mm-hmm. rational thinker, missed that or on purpose or by accident. Either way, that's messed up, right? That someone with that influence made a video shitting on diets, promoting people eat more saturated fat, which is actually causing going to cause people to have more health risks. It's it's incredibly right. irresponsible, right? Did you follow all of that?
1: I didn't follow that. No, I I, I have heard of these <laughs> studies. that I mean, that did you follow me? About... Did you
0: follow me? I mean, did that make sense? Is what oh I meant. All right.
1: oh I thought you meant did I follow this John Peterson thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I follow what you were yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, of course.
0: Yeah, but it's just a shame that he, he you know he used that how to lie with statistics basically. You know, there's the, that book. It's like that. That's basically what he did. He's like lying with statistics, either on purpose or by accident. It's a lose lose for him. It's terrible. Like really embarrassing. Right.
1: Um, just, just now that we've kind of like circled a bit back onto onto the the topic of veganism, vegan diets, and stuff, which I, I did kind of yeah. want to touch on this again before the end. So, sure. Another thing that's kind of like very present because you mentioned this this um, the saturated fat thing. What do you think yeah. about the seed the seed oil debate? This seems <laughs> to be the the, the, the it's, big it's the one thing right
0: now, isn't it? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I again with with stuff like this, it's not like. So I I don't like it when the average Joe claims to know. Says, oh, I know everything about this. It's like you don't know shit. So, and and I and I accept that with myself as well. So, what I tend to do is I look at people who actually literally devote their entire lives to this stuff, and and I know of a couple of people who do this, and so I go and have a look and like, okay, what are they saying? It's like, okay, well, forty percent of what you've said, I've not, I, I, that's gone over my head. Like, there's lots of lots of things that I don't know what you're saying. But I get the general gist. So my general gist, what I'm getting from these people, uh, without going into it too deep, is that it's all bullshit. It's fear-mongering. It's part of um, yet another like conspiracy kind of agenda of like, oh, they're trying to get you kind of thing, um, which some of them turn out to be true, to be fair. And I'm not against conspiracy theories. A lot of them turn out to be true. But the Seed Oil one does not seem to, with the data that I've seen, and the majority i say 40% um i didn't understand there's probably less than that i was just being silly but i understand most of it for what i understand it's 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 a whole lot of um hotter yeah right okay yeah because it.
1: you know i mean basically, basically like we we've stopped eating we've stopped having seed oils and literally purely because i'm just like well i don't need to eat um I can't really Mm. be bothered going through all of the nutritional science. At some point, I I might actually spend the time and and find out whether that is something that's necessary. But for now, it's like, you know, we swapped out our, like, uh, whatever, I don't know what it was before, like canola or soybean oil or something. And now it's like, now we're having like olive oil and stuff. But I, I did, I've watched like one debate on this and I didn't find the seed oil argument to be particularly convincing I guess my attitude mm. is just like, if it's easy not to, and there is some debate over it, fair enough. Like I'll, I'll leave it out. But at some, yeah. t- some point I want to get to the bottom of that rabbit hole.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a good, there's a guy called NutraVore on Twitter. Uh, he's he's very passionately pro seed oil. And the dude is he's very smart. Like he, he's just had a, he had some carnivore on his channel recently and he he spanked him that hard and that badly that the carnivore Issued a um a takedown request to YouTube, claiming that he never gave permission, <laughs> even though he agreed to be in that fucking debate. And YouTube oh, wow. took the video down. They took it down because of this because he claimed he, he claimed he didn't know he was being recorded. Blah blah blah. Even oh, though they'd agreed everything shame. prior. What a total loser! I hope he puts anyway, it on it's back,
1: has something. It's, or back, it's back, back up again. YouTube? It's back up.
0: But it, but he's blurred out the face, it. so it, now now you can <laughs> then get away with it. Yeah. oh that's that just makes Very it more funny. even so that,
1: more embarrassing for the dude.
0: It's such a sh- yeah yeah, and um, I've not watched it. Um, I, I've I've just caught little clip- people have like mentioned like you know, highlights of what happened in it, and it sounds sounds really funny. Um, so I, okay. I will. I've, I'm yet to get to it, but that that could be maybe they get into seed oils there as well. Uh, maybe they, this guy has seed oil debates. So if you want to check that guy out, Travor, he's a good one to to look at
1: i will definitely do that I'm, it might be one of his that i've already seen one the one debate but i definitely want to want to learn Could more be. all right man let me let me give you i, I have i have Could one be. question from my from my tweet asking for some some vegan fud and hate you know what fud is yeah man, uh, is it, I,
0: say. <laughs> oh did you oh you only let's say okay yeah
1: because someone was like someone was like it. i don't know what fud is and i'm like yeah it's like fear wait do i even fucking know fear uncertainty <laughs> and doubt right Yeah, That's what it means. Anyway, I I got one question. It's not, it's not, it's not really, uh, really fun. This is, this is, uh, Ryan Raleigh's asked this question. He says, do you think that some vegan activists and organizations are being funded and driven in a certain direction by people after their own agenda, rather than trying Mm. to promote veganism?
0: Yeah. So that question, I I would say that there is definitely some agenda, um, from the environmentalist side of things, because, I know, I know that there is a lot of money in, in environmentalism and in the climate crisis. Like it is, it is a big, big money maker for a lot of very, very, very powerful people like green energy and stuff like that. I'm not, you know, a lot of vegans don't know this and I've never spoken about it. This has never really been my environmentalism stuff. I just don't deal with it at all. I focus on ethics and animal rights, but Same. I'm aware that, mm. yeah, I'm aware that in the climate movement. There's a lot of nefarious actors because there's a lot of money to be made, like a lot, like we're talking like billions of dollars to be made out of green solutions, which aren't actually fucking green, but that's a whole other thing as well. Um, So I'm aware that there's a lot of money being pumped into it and a lot of people moving chess pieces around. Now, does any of that get into the animal rights space and vegan space? I mean, probably some people are taking money. um, Some organizations might take money from some big environmental benefactors, like, hey, talk about the environment and we'll give you some money. But I don't, I wouldn't say that this is nefarious from the, if an organization does do this, um, some organization that's like plant-based, it's usually a plant-based diet kind of thing, not necessarily a vegan one. Because vegans, we're talking about animals. Veganism is about animals. It's not about the environment. It's not about health. It's about animals. That's what the veganism is all about, right? So, but yeah, there are some people that push a plant-based diet for the planet or whatever, could they be being paid? Maybe are they doing it because they want to like, I don't know, cause you harm or something? No, they're doing it because they think, well, I care about the planet, and if I can get paid to talk about it, why wouldn't I? That doesn't, you know, I mean? why would I turn that down? So it's like a no brainer. Um, so, so the answer is possibly, possibly yes, possibly it's happening. Like some people are getting um, paid and moved around like that, but. It's not because they're part of some NWO agenda or something like that, that they think, oh yeah, we're going to, yeah, let's take everything off everyone and make sure, you know, people don't own anything anymore and everything's controlled by the government. And, and, you know, they don't want that. Um, But potentially some people are being exploited for sure. That could be happening. Yeah. but I I can't tell you examples or anything, but you know, it could, I can't say it's not happening. I don't know for sure. You know? Well that
1: that brings me to something else actually which I almost forgot to ask which is I don't know whether you've noticed this but there seems to be a kind of um conflation between veganism and all of the kind of WEF <laughs> agenda you know with yeah. all like everyone will eat bugs and live in pods <laughs> and stuff. I mean personally you know I, I tried to respond to this one but my, my response tends to be pretty pretty short which is just like what the hell do they have to do with each other? Um you know like f- from my point of view well, I don't yeah. really see the WEF people promoting veganism much, they're all about the bugs. I, I haven't seen right. much vegan, you know, they're not they're not out there supporting vegan charities or anything no. like that. They are just talking no. about eating bugs and, you know, eating cricket sandwiches. So I wonder if you could speak to that yeah. for a second.
0: I can totally yeah, the problem is that WF, the agenda like what is it, agenda like twenty thirty or whatever. A lot of vegans are um miss I don't know what the word would be uh, misguided with supporting that because they think, oh yeah, they're on board with it. They're like, they want to reduce meat. They want to, you know, do all these different things in the planet and vegans tend to care about the planet and that's a good thing. We should all care about the planet. That's a great thing that you care about the planet. But um, what these guys, they they see them as like, these are like trying to save the world. They're trying to save the planet. And then when you dig a bit deeper, you're like, I, I, I mean, that's what they say they're trying to do, but the, the, the way they're trying to do it seems a little bit a little bit fishy, a little bit off. Uh, They want everyone to eat bugs. Why? Why bugs? We've got enough like plant-based foods. Like we don't need bugs. And, and why do they want us to own nothing? And, and why are they trying to like put us like, put bring in, um, Mm -hmm. like, vaccine passports and things like that, like to control you. Why do they want your, your, your credit cards to be, why do they want you to only have credit cards? Why do you want you to never have, why do they want cashless society? Why do they want all these things? Well, you start to realize like, okay, it's kind of maybe the environment stuff is, is being used as a, an excuse to control you. And so you can call that a conspiracy theory, but I mean, Jesus, go and look at their website, go and look at the things they want. I mean, I mean, vegans, we, we're, we're vegan because we broke out of the nonsense that was getting shoved down our throats by government, basically, by by the government and society. This is just another version of that. It's another iteration of that. They're, they're, they're pissing on our backs and telling us it's raining, right? So I, I, feel, I feel like um, vegans, a lot of vegans are misguided when they say like, yeah, we support this, we support this. And um, there are better ways, there are better ways to support You know the planet. If you want to do environmentalist stuff, that uh, unfortunately though we we get linked in with these people, with this uh, WEF, and it's a shame because it's just you know could not be like you said. It's nothing to do with veganism. It's all environmentalism. Uh, They they want to eat bugs. Oh, also one more thing: these people, whenever they meet up, they're, they're not eating vegan. You know these these are all fully fledged hardcore animal eaters all of their events they have it's all steak it's all meat and dairy and egg and blah 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 they could not be further from veganism if they tried they do not talk about animal rights they don't talk about everything i spoke about what animals go through and 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 the ethical reasons to not do this to them so no you're totally right it's completely separate yeah
1: all right cool man um granted that man no, it's all good. We, well, we've gone, we've gone for a while. Um, this has yeah. been awesome. We've, we've definitely kind of like dashed around. So thanks to the listeners for, uh, for sticking with us. Um, so you're back in, you're back in Turkey now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what's the, what's the vegan scene like over there? Last time I went, it was not very vegan friendly. So
0: it's not really, I mean, we're in Antalya and here there was a, there was a pretty good vegan restaurant and then they fired, a chef, and then it got bad, and then they closed. So that sucked. There's another vegan restaurant. That takes about forty five minutes to make a sandwich. So that that's they're great when to get there, but <laughs> they're not very. It's forty five <laughs> minutes later. Um, and apart from that, there's like oh, there's, a, there's a, yeah, there's a couple. There's a good vegan. There's a nice vegan place down by the beach, and uh, and that's that's pretty good. The good food is really good there. There's lots of places with vegan options, some good, some bad. But honestly, like all the stuff, if you want to cook at home, there's, you can get loads of like you know fresh fruits and veg here is really cheap and really good to get um there's a couple of specialty items but like you know just if you just want to cook plant but good plant based meals like actual healthy meals you're set here food is super cheap if you actually want to eat healthy like whole food nice. plant based foods is really cheap same as where you are right mexico like stuff like beans and veg and stuff yeah. is super cheap right pretty yeah bean it's, heavy, it's right?
1: pretty yeah it's pretty good you know it'd be nice to be able to get you know um just a few things like you know vegan cheese it'd be good to like get a big, big of vegan cheese very very hard to find unless you go to a oh, specialist really? store yeah and, and you know even okay, things like okay. tofu tofu is like not that accessible but if you want just like okay. fresh fruit and vegetables and beans and stuff it's everywhere it's, it's pretty cheap so it sounds kind of similar um yeah so yeah. what what brought you to turkey by the way
0: so yeah it's it was with it was kind of within all the the covid madness and um stuff was getting a little bit crazy it's staying a little bit crazy with the kind of oh you got to show your your vaccine or or test to get in a shop or get in a place. And quite a lot of countries were kind of having this. Um and uh we were looking at like okay where can we go to that's cheap enough and that doesn't have all this nasty shit going on because it's just it's just, it was just a horrible, horrible, um, we were in Greece at uh, for like part of, like we stayed in Greece for a little bit and it, it was so bad there and we were like, right. So Greece is out. We were thinking of moving there. That was another an option for us. It was just, they were so bad with it. It was really horrible. Yeah. So there's... we were like, right. Looking around, we had a friend here and we came to visit him and we realized that we didn't even think about living here. Um, I don't know, you had these, we had bad images of, of Turkey, I suppose, because of um, the media kind of paints it in quite a bad light in terms of, you know how it is. I don't know if you, UK media kind of paints any Muslim country as being like really unsafe and and dangerous yeah. and bad and blah, blah, blah. So when I came here, it was like, oh my God, this is just, it's just a European city. Like this doesn't feel like it's a you know, near the Middle East, like like this kind of, the, the culture is very similar here in this specific city, very similar to any European city. And it's cheap. And they didn't have all this COVID madness going on. They seem to be pretty on top of stuff. And, you know, the weather's good and we can afford it. And it just kind of ticked all the boxes. Like, okay, they see, this seems like a good shout for, for now. Let's see how things go. And so we're we're, we're still here. Yeah. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that you were, that it was kind of all of the COVID craziness, which had like partly, partly or entirely, um, kind of inspired that decision. So I mean, yeah, I guess we're we had to think about it. it.
0: Yeah. We had to think about it because we were, I mean, we were living in Finland yeah. at the time. Actually, we'd been to Athens to see, okay, is this a possibility? Nope. Then it was, um, then we came here and back to Finland with my partner's family, but it's not affordable in Finland. Finland was great, by the way, throughout all the COVID stuff. They also dealt with it really, really well and um didn't ever do any hardcore draconian lockdowns or anything nasty like that they were pretty they dealt with it well and they dealt with it um fairly actually really fairly so finland was great but it's just you can't afford it so we would have stayed there if we could but then so yeah yeah, we found here so we were lucky
1: cool Hmm. man yeah well i I love turkey so you know i definitely hope to hope to come out there again and if you're still there then we'll definitely meet up Hi, man. Yeah. Um, this has been great. Yeah. Thanks so much for being so generous with your time. Do you want to just kind of let people know where they can find you, uh, you know, all your channels and mm-hmm. stuff and also just any final parting thoughts that you've got?
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at uh, David Rams on YouTube. Um, it's David Rams on Twitter and David Rams, Instagram and the podcast. I have a podcast also that Johnny's been on and that's the Rams den. So you can go, that's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple music as well. Um, so, yeah, come, come check it out. I mean, I know you might be new to all this kind of stuff, like this kind of vegan stuff on my main YouTube. You might find it to be, um, it might piss you off, to be totally honest with you. My videos on my main YouTube channel, David Rams, I challenge you to come over and have a little look around. And hey, if you came from this podcast, leave a comment. I promise I'll be nice. Even if you're not nice, I promise I'll be nice back. So, there you go. That's a guarantee. So, just come over and give me some shit on the main channel if you want. Um, all, I did, all I'd say is, one thing to close on um, that you might think that you're very different from a vegan, but the reality is you hold the exact same values that I do and that Johnny does. The difference is is how you interpret them and, and put them into real life. You think animal abuse is wrong. You think animal cruelty is wrong. You would never abuse an animal. You would never want to hurt an animal for an unnecessary reason. We all, everybody listening is like, yeah, unless you're a psychopath, right? Uh, the difference is, is that you think eating and using animals is necessary. That's wrong. That's the belief that it will take you. That's the belief that 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 right now will be causing you to fight back against what I'm saying. Right. But I I'm telling you it is it is not necessary. So you are currently living in a way that is against what you believe because you're causing animal abuse, you're harming animals for unnecessary reasons, for burgers and cheese and stuff that just tastes good. That's not a good enough reason. So I'm sure you agree with me that that's not a good enough reason to do that to an animal. And that's why we're vegan. So I hope you'll also be vegan and you can always reach out to me or Johnny to ask questions about it and uh, maybe even set up a discussion. If you want to do like some kind of live discussion, podcast discussion, you could call it a debate if you want to debate, but discussions are always uh, open. They can be, we're open to discussions as well. So I'm trying to say not only debates, so.
1: Hell. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, just to kind of follow on from that, like I've been thinking about maybe even possibly doing, doing debate on this channel or, or something, or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe having more of these conversations, but you know, like it's all about learning, right? Like I think that at mm-hmm. the end of the day, people have to be open to hearing like, like, uh, new ideas and stuff. So, um, yeah. you know, like it's, like I said, you know, it's not, it's not a, a vegan podcast and stuff, but I think, uh, I think my, my listeners, you know, like they, they care about like truth and, and care about like learning about about new things like otherwise I probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast if they were closed minded <laughs> and stuff so hopefully people have taken something from this conversation and uh you know at the very least kind of um have taken on board some of the things that we've said so thanks again for coming on man and um i guess we'll speak again sometime soon
0: cheers for having me